God gave you everything you need to make the world a better place for you, your family, and your neighbors, and your community. If you are doing something that is keeping you from doing that, stop it. Even if that thing is your J-O-B. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. And welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, where we find dope people that do dope stuff. This is a new one. Yes. Joe, this is a new one. New one. So, um, we have uh, Mr. Mark Golden. Thank you. Brother of Mr. Myron Golden. Yes, sir. He's come on the podcast and done some amazing things. So, you do understand... Oh, yes. What they're expecting from you, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm not going to attempt to, to, to help people control their expectations. I will tell you this. You have already done a good job because I listened to Myron on here, mm-hmm. and I heard you call him dope people, and you already called me dope people. You so dope you have people, put me right? in a state that I, <laughs> I feel like that, you know what? I will be worthy to carry the bags of a guy that I look up to. So if yeah, I can absolutely. just come in here and 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 make him proud, I'd be happy. Man, this is this is uh, interesting what you do. Um, you're a bit. Would you call it a business broker? I am a business broker. Business broker. So Comma, I do for businesses what realtors do for houses. I always like to say those together because business broker, people already have their own picture of what that is. Right. And I can't ever just say it as a standalone. It, it, it goes with it. It's like, it's like Michael Jordan, greatest of all times. And so business broker, I do for businesses what a great realtor does for houses, not just any realtor. And a realtor goes and finds a house and they find a buyer, they sell the house to the buyer. Yes, sir. And you find businesses and you sell businesses to people who want to buy businesses. That's right. And I even do it without the benefit of being able to put a sign in the front yard and tell everybody in town that, you know, XYZ candy store is for sale because every business owner wants it done very discreetly. So I have Mm. to take the world's greatest secret and get somebody to pay that seller for that world's greatest secret. And it is that's where it's way different than selling houses. Okay, so how do you okay, how do you introduce yourself typically? I typically introduce myself to buyers and sellers a different way, but at the end of the day, I tell people that I help people enter businesses successfully, accelerate while in that business, and exit profitably. And so I help them enter, accelerate, and exit. And that is something that I deal with people in every phase of that. So Mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, Mark, I want to sell my business. We're currently struggling. We're not making any money. Okay, well, let me come in and take a look and tell you what you need to do to make it sellable. And I'll come in, I'll give them some instructions, and the good ones will do it. A year later, we're selling that thing, and it's down the road, and they're off to Maui or whatever they're going to do. Dang. All right, so do you more work with the people who want to sell their business or you more work to people to buy businesses? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Both? yes, but but my client is the seller. and Your so, client is the seller? Yes. Gotcha. My okay. client is the seller. I've been fortunate enough to where my entire adult life, I've worked in sales. And so I've always done best in businesses where I bring buyers and sellers together. Yeah. So a oh, gazillion years ago before Google, I was a Yellow Pages rep. Um, uh, in the early 2000s, I owned a recruiting company 
where I did executive recruiting. And I used to tell people, no, I don't find jobs for people. I find people for jobs. Well, this is like that. I don't find businesses for people. I find people for businesses. And so in doing that, I am helping people get started in business. Sure. Okay. So, all right. All right. So <sighs> talk to me about valuation of a business. Oh, man. Okay. So... I'm asking you a personal question in a minute, not okay. just yet, okay, because I don't want people in my personal business. Whatever you want to know. But how do you, so a, a, a client might say, hey, I want $5 million for my business. You come and look at the numbers, mm -hmm. and you're either going to say that's too high or too low, or you just try to get them what they want. Um, I, tr I try to make them happy by creating a successful transaction. And I know I'll give you a much shorter direct answer. Mm -hmm. I do whatever the very tight-knit group of industry insiders would do. I do not that. And so <laughs> what, the, what, the very, what the industry closed group of insiders will do is they will tell that buyer, hey, you need a professional valuation from a CPA, and then they will sell them one. And they'll take it to the CPA and say, hey, look, I collected six grand for this valuation. I'm going to keep three. They give it the other three to the CPA. And the CPA does what CPAs do, bless their hearts. They look at things in the most conservative possible way. And they say, hey, I love your motorcycle shop, John Doe. Um, and I know you think it's worth uh, $5 million, but really it's only worth one and a half. And they come up with a really safe number so that even in their wrongest wronginess, Sells, they can still be right because if the if it sells for more, nobody's mad at them and remembers. And if it sells for that or less, they go, "I told you it wasn't worth very much." I do not mess with them because they're not a part of the process. And here's what I mean: the account. Hold on, so you don't you 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 don't care what a CPA says about the business? I do not. You know why? Because my 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 the person that I serve is the seller, and the next thing that I serve is the deal. And so the CPA's role in the deal is preparing the books over the last several years for that, for that seller. And then to bring in a third-party CPA is wasteful because the only value that matters is what the buyer thinks, what the seller thinks, and what the bank thinks because the bank's got to fund this thing. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I sit down and I look at the numbers, and then I use my experience, and I— calculate a multiple of their earnings. I calculate what's special in this business. Are there fancy pickup trucks? Are there, is there real estate? Is there special equipment? And is there incredible knowledge that nobody else has? And so I add those things together and I come up with a number and I say, this is the number we should go with because I know what I'm doing. Let's do what I know. And then I take that and I package it and I go to a lender and say, I've got this listing. Do you want it? And I say, yeah, I say, well, good. Well, give me an SBA pre-certification letter telling me exactly how much you'll finance. And they come back, and you know how much they'll finance? How much? What I said. Really? Yes. Do you have, like, a relationship with the bank or something? Or? I, I have a relationship with banks. And so what I do is, again, I do exactly what the insiders don't do. The insiders will call their brother-in-law, the lender, the lender down the street, They'll call their friend or their cousin or guy from the church. What I do is I have relationships with the top 15, what's called preferred SBA lenders. They're not preferred because I prefer them. Mm -hmm. They're preferred because that's the plan that the SBA has. It allows them to do the entire deal in-house, process the paperwork, and approve the loan without sending the client's info out to the SBA 
to, you know, government workshop Slowville. And mm -hmm. so I use preferred lenders and I use about, there are about 15. I have three or four really great ones. And I get them to give me a pre-certification because when you buy a business, 95% of the approval is based on the strength of the business. 5% mm. of that approval is based on the strength of the buyer. And so people do a lot of oh, wow. worrying about nothing when it comes to this deal. So that pre-certification- Whoa, 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 whoa. 95% of the bank's approval is based on the strength of the business. Yes. Very little is based on the strength of the buyer. Very little. Very little. Most, most. So if it's a good deal, and I'm not the most qualified buyer, it's a high possibility the bank's going to fund that. Exactly. Because if the bank has to foreclose on the loan, yes, they get a profitable business. Yes, and even better yet, because the business is so strong and so profitable, the bank says, "Well, even." Fred and Barney can't mess this up. And so they're so confident that this business and its track record is going to continue to pay this note when they make the loan that they're comfortable with it. Now, the, the, the most uh, 600 credit score and, you know, the ability to uh, count to 10 and maybe put a dollar <laughs> sign in front of it can get you there. And I'm not knocking the wisdom and, and intelligence of buyers. I'm just telling you that the lenders for them, they're like everybody else. They want to know what's in it for them. And if the sense. business will pay, they like it. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. I didn't know this was an industry. Like, a, I, Maybe I thought, no, I didn't know this was an industry. I didn't know this was a thing. How, because I'm going to get into... Okay, let me just give you my business. And it's okay. a very close industry, and a lot of good people can't even get a call back from business brokers. Really? Yes. One question, just up front. What is the biggest commission that you've ever made off of a sale of a business? Um, I have a business that will close this year, and my commission will be 890000 and that will be the biggest one. Um, but you know what's funny? Um, to paraphrase... <laughs> To paraphrase, the, to paraphrase Richard Pryor, and I hate to do that, but he was still brilliant. Um, there's only really two commissions, your first one and your last one. And mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to. And I'm not commission-driven. Excuse me. I love making nice commissions. But the work I do is the work I've always done. I've just been blessed enough to find a vehicle that finally comes with a nice commission check. Yeah. It is, it, it is, there is no more creativity, intelligence, um, rhino skin that goes into being a business broker than went into being a Yellow Pages rep. And so when I was a Yellow Pages rep and I made a $1,200 commission, I'd come home and take off my shoes and dance on the kitchen floor to I Feel Good by James Brown. Order pizza, put yeah. every topping on there. Yeah, let's go. But I even then, I knew, I used to say to my brother Jeff, I said, Jeff, what we can do, man, there's got to be an industry where the exact same skill set, when we bring somebody a solution and they buy it, there's got to be an industry where there's a $40,000 paycheck somewhere, like a $40,000 commission for that, for mm -hmm. being able to close sales. And one of these days, I'm going to find it. And so one day it found me. Mm. Okay. So let's say, for instance, okay, this is just for instance. I have a continuity business, right? Yes, sir. It's um, $79 a month. Let's just say. Mm -hmm. There's a business, $79 a month, and we, we've been doing it for, you know, five years. Right. right? Let's just say. 
Or four years. Yeah, four years in this hypothetical. Of business. course, of course. Let's say, okay, we have $79 a month mm-hmm. and we have a thousand customers. Let's say a thousand customers mm-hmm. that pay $79 a month for a long period of time. Exactly. And the business is doing, let's just say, $79,000 a month. How much could I sell that business for? Okay. So let's just, can I ask one follow up question? Of course. Okay. As many as you got. Because so, it's a hypothetical situation. Of course. I just want to know. So, Roughly, what are the what are the minus what the owner pays themselves? What are the monthly expenses for this business? The monthly expenses for this business um, are no let's let's just say uh, six thousand dollars a month. Okay, all right. So we're talking about a crispy, crunchy nine hundred thousand dollar a year bill. Uh, right, that's that's what that is. That's so Golly. with with only if there's a dollar sign beside it. You man, if it's something else, if it's algebra, or no, what I say, six thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's close. Yeah. It's close. It's not yeah. exactly, but it's. it's I mean, right here, six thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's close. It's not exactly there, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. So really, what we're gonna, what you're gonna end up being able to sell this business for. Let's just say it's any old business. Let's say it's not super special, and even though we know it is. And let's just say that a replacement for the main ingredient could be found. And I believe that one can because of a business like this, the people that can do this have a high level of self-belief. And so the person that comes and buys this, they're going to look at the owner of this business as Johnny Carson, who got great ratings. Mm-hmm. And they're going to see themselves as Jay Leno, who yep. came along and made it get better ratings. For sure. And everybody wants that, including Johnny himself. And so in this case, let's if, I, if, if we can find the right buyer, and I'm sure that we can, I'm going to tell you that we can go ahead and immediately get um, somewhere between 9 and $12 million, based on the information that I have right now. Uh, oh, uh, huh? What? Sell oh, it. what? Based, Sell it right now. Based on, <laughs> based on the information that I have right uh, now. Hold on. Hold on. Where are you getting this? Where are you getting this number from for this hypothetical business that when these cameras stick out? <laughs> where are you getting okay. these numbers from? Well, let me ask you this. Is it a media company? It's not a media company, no. Let's just say like hypothetically. Hypothetically. It's a coaching company. Program. It's a coaching program. Exactly. That has how, multiple coaches. Right. And how is the coaching dis, 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 dispatched? Let's just say. No, no. <laughs> like, don't be generalized. Is it dispatched electronically or is it one well, on one? No, I'm, I'm going to give you a specific situation, okay. but in this hypothetical situation, let's just say it's distributed through Zoom. So mm-hmm. let's say somebody comes on and they, uh, they're coaching people mm-hmm. every Let's just say afternoon, right? Through Zoom mm-hmm. every day. Well, guess what? Here's the beautiful part of it. Now, you and I, well, we're not about the same age because you still got a six pack, and I have none of that. I got so no pack. <laughs> but let's, well, you and I are close yeah, enough in range bod. that we think of media companies as something different than what they've actually become. And so, the ability to deliver information, right, to large populations of people who are specifically interested in the information I have not only makes that a media company, but it makes it the most ideal kind of media company. And so if I went 
to Silicon Valley or to wherever. And I said, I want to start a media company. And I think I'm going to be able initially to be able to, you know, carve out about 900 to a million dollars a year in profits just initially. And I know it's going to continue to grow from there. You know, they're going to line up and they're going to line up to pay me about 11 and a half times earnings. So what I do is I don't, when I have a listing like that, if I'm fortunate enough to ever get a listing like that, if the seller would allow me to help them with this, I go and take that and I immediately package that and I tell that story and I literally have a listing package that I create. And in that, store, in that listing package, I talk to my potential buyers and or investors and I say, People line up around the block to pay 11 times this number for companies that haven't even started yet. Here's one with a track record, a laundry list of clients, an incredible referral system in place, and a deal that could be done on autopilot. You buy, push the button, and now this is your income stream. And that always makes more sense to them. And then we go and get that number, and we get that number all day. Oh, my goodness. But here's the funny thing. If you went to a traditional business broker, they'd tell you to give them six grand for a business valuation. And there's nothing wrong with paying for that because that's important to some sellers. Mm -hmm. People only want to operate the way that they've been told they're supposed to operate. And so even if it costs them money. And so they will take your business and you end up going out and selling it for, you know, 1.8 to 2.4. And you'd probably be happy with it or the person would probably be happy with it because they wouldn't know any better. But you know what? Thank God there's a handful of rule breakers out there that say there's a better way to get a great return for clients and the client, in this case, being the seller. And if I could get 12 million for your business and I get you three, then I'm a failure and you should never speak to me again. Man, let me ask you, how much would you make? Well, 10 million, let's say 10 million. Well, um, 700,000. Unless you bring me the buyer, I'd make 600. And I would be happy to pay. Well, not in this hypothetical situation, mm-hmm. I'll be happy to. Okay, so I'm on your website, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if I should put your website. It's well, not much maybe. on there. I uh, want people to call me. Okay. Mer- <laughs> MergerUS.com. Mm-hmm. MergerUS.com. So there is, okay, okay. This one says, successful preschool with real amazing real estate. Mm-hmm. $10 million. Absolutely. Tell me about that. Okay, so this piece of this business. Yo, first off, if somebody buys it from this podcast, mm-hmm. am I, do I work for you? Can I, can I be a part of that? Um, you know. No? Okay, you, forget, Well, here's worry. why. Here's why. Well, you, <laughs> I thought we were going to sell this business. No, no. You, the answer would always be automatically yes. I never, ever, ever have a problem paying for people that bring me value. There's a, that's, that, that's a no-brainer. The reason that I pause on that is because that's going to close this year. And so... Um, it, it, oh, it's already going to close? Yeah, it's, it's going to close. Yes, it is going to close. Oh, like people are, like it's under contract? It, it, it is. It's In fact, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're that's going to close this year. So we can't, we can't do that because the only way I'd be able to pay you for bringing me a buyer is if this deal blew up and we don't let deals blow up. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, yeah. so 10 million. So mm-hmm. successful preschool. With, tell me about this preschool. Sure. Tell me about this preschool. Sure. Um, lady started it 29 years ago and decided that she wanted to be the highest of high end. So she flew all around the country and she looked at the very best of the best and the very worst of the worst and decided what she was going to put in it. And she only wanted to start it because her own kids were going to go there. So she started it and she ended up outgrowing it and had to keep buying and building land. So say like put the best in it, like the best education. Best education, the best materials, the best building, the cleanest everything. And so 
she ended up buying and building on about four acres in one of the most primo um, areas of her city. And it's that area grew up to be like, you know, kind of like a Beverly Hills of that area. Oh, wow. And so the rooftops that surround this place are all, you know, half a million to $10 million homes. And so these people love her and her teachers went to school there. Her teachers, teachers, sometimes her mm. teachers, children go there now. And so she's, she's been there, you know, for, for over 30 years. And so she's just built a great business and has, it's a great income stream and families how, have to how, work. How, okay. Give me some numbers behind. Oh, this. sure. Oh, well, the, well, this business is, Making about $850,000 a year in net profits, which for that business is good. Yeah. And then the real estate, you know, is worth about seven, a little over seven million bucks. So she's selling. So really, she's selling the business for three million, and the real estate is about seven million. Exactly. It's just a package for it's 10. just packaged together. And she doesn't have to do that. But if I were going to go and spend $3 million on something like this, I would need to take the building because the building or the real estate because it's a part of the package. It is high rate, well maintained, and it is the level and caliber of place that the people that live in that area, both people in the house probably working to stay in that area, need to leave their kids. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, so it's a, uh, it's a, you know, and 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 those kids' parents are doctors, lawyers, dentists, and you know, they have to have that place to keep the thing working. Listen, man, there's a difference between announcing you have a business, a new business, and launching your business. Announcement means, hey, I got this product. Link in my bio. That doesn't work. You have to launch your business. It's got to be a big deal. Now, Nehemiah Davis, and this is somebody that I am personally mentored by, he is putting together the fast launch blueprint, okay? And he put this thing together, something that he's used, and thousands of other people have used his signature launch strategy to their own success. So he put together the fast launch blueprint, and he's given it to you, which I don't know why, for a dollar. So if you go to fastlaunchblueprint.com, it is a dollar. Now, I understand this might change, but if you go to fastlaunchblueprint.com, you will be able to get this signature launch strategy that has worked for him and thousands of other people, including myself, for $1, go to fastlaunchblueprint.com. Back to the episode. Gotcha. Okay, there's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Wildly profitable Florida online marketing mm-hmm. owner financing. There's some. And cash at closing. Mm-hmm. What is this? Okay, <laughs> cash at closing. A lot of times, you, you ever hear about somebody that's like, oh, man, I found my dream house. And they go mm-hmm. by this house, and they move in. And they're like, ooh, curtains. Whoa, all right. I guess I got to hang a sheet, sheet yeah. up in my, in my fancy house in the window because I forget about this, and I don't have any money left. Sure. What happens with businesses, too? And only with businesses, it's worse because the bank makes people put a certain amount of money down. And sometimes they spend all their money to get in this business. And they're like, man, we need to make some sales right now. And they are hurting until that business sells. And so the only legal way for the seller to give money back to them is to leave operating capital in the business. So when I take a listing, I always encourage my sellers to leave operating cash in the business. And they say, well, you know what? If we get your asking price, you're not going to care. Well, if I don't get my monthly, if they know you don't get your asking price, we'll take the operating capital will be your first counter. It'll be out. We'll take it out. And so giving that buyer money at closing helps that buyer keep the thing that this owner, this seller built 
going. It yeah. puts them in a great position for success, allows them to recoup some of their down payment money. And I really like to help buyers spend as little cash out of pocket as possible because I know they're going to need it mm-hmm. when so, they get in there. So, so what is this business? It's an online marketing owner finance. Oh, Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. I understand owner financing, mm-hmm. meaning they'll finance this $8 million. Some of the $8 million. Some of the $8 million. So what are you asking for them to put down? Okay, so you'll hear a recurring theme with me, and I don't like to give away all of my secrets, but you know what? People can know my secrets. When my, we were little kids, we used to play Crazy 8, uh-huh. and I was the youngest, you know, and so my brother would look over in my hand, and I'd start crying because I'm a little boy. He's like, Mom, they're looking at my hand. <laughs> She'd say, boy, be quiet and dry your eyes. He can't play your hand. So I'll share my secrets mm-hmm. because it doesn't really matter if people know my secrets. For they sure. can't deliver them like me. So here's what I will tell you. This does make me want to have you list a business. I want to I right now go build a build business and then like give it to you to sell. I will do that for you. Anything. Mm-hmm. It shall be done. And yes. we, we will, you, me, and the buyer will high-five each other at the closing table. I'm excited about this high-five. So, yes. So, the the, the owner financing is like this. The SBA typically likes people to put 20% down. Almost nobody does. Mm. The SBA insists that you put 10% down. Few people can. The SBA will allow people to put 5% down and allow the owner to finance some more. So usually what I do is I tell the owner when I take the listing, you're probably going to get asked to finance about 15% of the price of this business, Mm -hmm. meaning they're going to owe you payments for this section of the business. And that way the buyer can come in with 5% down and buy the business. The owner's happy because we price aggressively. And I don't care that people hear that because we're always selling a profitable business that changes the buyer's life. Mm -hmm. So I don't care that they know we price aggressively. That's the price. So we will get them cash back at closing. We'll get them some seller help on the financing and everybody's happy. Gotcha. All right. So what is this online marketing business? Oh, sure. It's okay. When people think ad agencies, they think of Don Draper or McMahon and Tate. I'm probably dating myself on both of those. Yeah, I don't know who those people are. Okay, so, well, they think of an ad agency in the terms of these guys in some room brainstorming about how to sell a news or make a newspaper ad. Well, here's the reality of it. Advertising has changed. You know, Mark Zuckerberg and a whole bunch of other people have seen to that. It hasn't changed for business owners because business owners want one thing. They want clients. They want their phone phone to ring. They want people to walk through the door. And anybody that can do that is a magic man. Mm. And so this particular agency operates in a niche and he and his business makes this niche's phone ring. And the reason that I know is because the sold businesses within that niche and they say, well, you know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be getting 50 phone calls a month when 15 or five is the norm for my industry. So you've sold some businesses that use this business as a service. That's right. And they brag about this business like, I mean, like there's no tomorrow. And so this business is great at what they do, and their clients are truly raving fans. And so this business, normally, you know, I can, the the last three businesses that I've put under contract have gone under contract in nine days, 14 days, and 22 days counting the what? put under contract a day. This one will be a little slower because the price is higher. 
Yeah. It, the, the price of this business exceeds SBA thresholds. And so, like, the SBA, SBA threshold? The SBA will lend you $5 million without batting an eye. Mm. Okay, if it goes over $5 million, we're going to need to see some real estate attached to it, and then it gets a little more challenging. Well, this business is going to sell for, you know, over $10 million, the one you just asked me about, because there's two pieces of it. It says eight, but there's another piece to this business that they probably should be sold together. And so when you put the other piece of this business with the agency that you just asked me about, the buyer's probably going to want to buy both of them. They can split it up if they want to, but right. it's smart for the buyer to buy both, and it's not going to mean a bit of difference to them because the day that they close, their life has changed. The day that they close, they are millionaires, and they're probably not millionaires when they buy. Wow! And that's I try to make I try to have a good portfolio of the day this business closes, you're a millionaire, or at least you're making a half a million dollars a year. If I can't if I can't deliver on that, then I I'm getting I'm I'm getting the wrong inventory. That's why that hypothetical deal you talked about is something that, you know, that, that uh, I'm probably going to have to put that person on my Project 100 list and start sending nice gifts to their house. Swiss Army knife, whatever. What I don't know. the heck? <laughs> okay, all right. All right, okay. Okay, all right. Because I need to... I, this, this is just so cool to me because you hear people talking about you should... You should begin with the end in mind, yes, right? Sir. Like, yes, sir. everybody knows how to get into a business, mm-hmm. but very few people even think about how am I going to get out of the business? That's right. This conversation has me thinking of, I want to build a business that I... Okay, so I am attached to, like, some of the businesses that I... You are. Built. You are. And we would talk about that when I take your listings. What would you say to me? Well, I would say, hey, look, there's no question I'm going to sell your business and I'm going to bring you a giant check and you can go There's do whatever no you want There's no question next. you're going to sell my business? If no. I have a business that's making money, you for sure there's, can sell that joint. There's no question I will sell it. You ever, it's, like, it's like if I drop food in a goldfish pond, the, gold, or the goldfish are coming to get that food. As long as the food's good. If, it's, if I drop something toxic, the goldfish are not coming. So I, I tell you, I'm going to sell your business. We're selling it, no, hands down, it's going to sell and you're going to be happy with the price. The, challenge, the thing that I want to prepare you for is the emotional process of letting go of something that you built from nothing. And I want to talk to you about that now because there are things that sellers do to sabotage the deal, not because they want to blow up the deal, but because they don't want to feel that pain of letting go. So if I tell you what those things are, are you okay with knowing that up front? That way, if I bring them up later, you can go, oh, yeah, this is that, and it's easier to deal with. And so I tell you what that is. And because it's like you're giving, it's like giving a child away to a strange family, but it's just really that. This is really just marrying off a child to a wonderful son or daughter-in-law that you happen to like. That's really <laughs> you're but, good at this, bro. But when you're having those emotions and you're letting it go, and the better the business, the stronger those emotions, what sellers usually do to mess up the deal is they do a couple of things. They get One, they get beer muscles. Beer muscles. <laughs> beer muscles are this. I bring you a buyer quickly, and you go, huh, you brought that awfully quick. My business must be better than what you told me. Why don't you go back and ask for more than the asking price? Why do you call that beer muscles? I don't understand that. Well, well, during a part of my misspent youth, some of it, Mm -hmm. I may or may not have frequented an establishment that sells beer, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big guy, and I would never, ever pick any fight with anybody. But it is not uncommon for 
a little guy who lives in the town who's maybe 5'4 and 116 pounds and normally the nicest guy in the world to get two or three beers in him and come up and start poking me on the chest and, you know, being a little extra edgy because he now thinks that he's 10 feet tall and bulletproof, as they say. Gotcha. And so I call that beer muscles. You you become unaware of of your weaknesses and you become... Hyper alert and and uh, to your strengths, so so th- it's like a, a, a seller probably doesn't even believe that you're gonna get this deal, right? So they're like, "Well, I got this little business, mm-hmm. and you know, I want you." So you come back a few days later, like, "Hey, I got a yep. buyer," and they're like, "Whoa!" Happens all the time. Really, it starts like this at some point. So I'm telling, them, in case you and I ever have this conversation, don't ever say this. Well, I really just be happy to get. X for it because I have had loads of people that have said, well, I'd really love to just get 400,000. And then I go and do my homework and plug the numbers and I come back and we list the business for 1.3 and we get 1.3 and we, I bring them a buyer and they're like, who's that buyer think he is wanting to close on the 17th? We should close on the 16th. You tell him I'm going to need 20 more grand to close on his day. This is the same guy did it four hundred thousand dollars? Yes, and it happens all the time. And I sit down and say, hey, "Remember we had that conversation?" Yeah, Mark, you told me. I heard you the first three times, but we're doing it. You, we're doing it my way. Go back and ask for that extra money, or go back and get that extra concession. And I try to caution them from doing it because they burn up goodwill that they're going to need for this deal to close. Yeah, because the bank's going to ask for impossible things, and you know, Uncle Sam might ask for something impossible or whatever. And so I, I try to get the seller. So if I tell you all this up front, you're easier to deal with when those emotions kick up, and we can talk about it. I have a lady that sold her business recently, and she is so wonderful. And she called me and said, "Mark, you were right. Those feelings you said I was going to have." I'm having them. And I said, well, let's talk about them. And she called me up and we talked for about an hour and she walked me through every one of them. And I was taking notes because I really needed to understand better what's going on in the mind of my sellers when they try to blow up incredibly good deals. Mm. And so we walked through it. She said, well, maybe I should wait. I can get a little more three months from now. No, let's not wait because we know now that the SBA likes lending money and that can change tomorrow. We know now that interest rates are low and that can change tomorrow. We know now that people want to own their own business and that can change tomorrow. So if it's only because you think you can get more money, your money is worth more to you in your pocket in a real time right now date than it is four or five months down the road just to pick up an extra sixty dollars to $100,000. You make more than that just by having access to your own cash. And so we talked about it. She told me what she was feeling. She slept on it, and she called me back and said, you know, thanks for letting me talk that out. And it made me a better broker mm. because now I actually heard the words that are going on in the brains of my sellers, and I don't have to just guess that it's beer muscles or mumble under my breath. Well, I don't know why they're being such a jerk. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. now I understand. And so she helped me. I helped her. And, and it, it's just I get excited when people's life of work or years of work get to turn into something tangible because I've seen it go to waste too many times. What was her business? Um, it was also in the advertising space. And she already sold it. Gone. How much does she want and how much does she sell for? Um, I, I let's use some hypotheticals. Yeah. Okay, let's use some hypotheticals. Um, all of my clients want to get a good price. And so let's say that the person wanted $2 million and maybe got $1.9 mm-hmm. and they were happy. 
Yeah. And I have to be careful because you're a very, very widely watched person. And I don't want somebody to be sitting there watching and say, everybody knows you're talking about me. Yeah, well, they yeah, won't I because I don't mention names, but I don't, I wouldn't I didn't want even my know stuff to existed, bro. Like, nobody, I don't even think nobody, like, this is the first exposure to, like, there, <laughs> that you exist, that you exist. Can, you know, can I share why that is, in my opinion, yes. and how we got here? Please. So, you know, in my family, we, Everybody that we come from, you know, like most families, we don't come from a lot of Are all the wealth. Goldens rich? Just before I put that in. Well, Are sure. You all we, we, have the, we have Jesus within our heart, and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, so yes. Financially, though, you guys. Um, I know you're all blessed. <laughs> like, you're all social guys. By living in America, we're richer than 97% of the people in, in the world. All what the of us heck do is well. going on in y'all household, man? Shouts out to y'all parents, bro. Like, so, just... so <laughs> you know what? Our parents gave us the, the right amount of faith and work ethic and how to treat your neighbor. Mm. And, you know, don't... My dad used to say, well, don't show up with your hands stuck out. And, you know, that was his way of saying that people don't care about what you want they only care about your ability to help them, or they mostly care about your ability to help them get what they want. So when I go up to my dad and I say, hey, dad, um, leather sneakers are in now, and mine are going to be $45. And he said, well, Sergeant Gifford needs his yard rake, and he needs those leaves burned. And so I showed up the first three weeks of basketball practice with smoke coming out of my skin pores <laughs> from burning Sergeant Gifford's leads, leaves. But that's what our parents did. Yeah. They just, they just, they insinuated about possible solutions and paused until we got there. I'm grateful for that. I don't even know how they knew how to do that. Yeah, I have wow. no idea. I'm just, thank you, Lord. Okay. So, I, think, I think you were going somewhere, but the first but, thing is the beer muscles. You've experienced that. Yes. What are some other ways they blow up? Okay, the other deals? ways that they, they blow up deals is fear. They get afraid. They get terribly afraid that their legacy will leave when they leave. And so they start saying things like, I could never do that to my people. Oh, that buyer's not going to treat my people well. And, and so I use that opportunity to remind them that they love their people more than their people love them. And that's why their people tell them they're going to the dentist when they're going to the zoo. And um, <laughs> I remind them it's just human nature. So I know you care about them, but the best thing that you can do if you love the people that work for you, is not hold on to your business past your ability to run it well. Mm -hmm. And so let's get this thing sold. And it's fear. And I love when they talk through it. When they don't want to talk through it and their pride gets in the way, it costs, it, it costs them money. They still end up selling their business. But they always end up getting less. They run off a great buyer and end up settling for a good buyer. I have a friend that has a business too mm -hmm. that uh, he kind of, he talks to me about it. Right. Um, it's a, it's a, I think they're maybe doing like five, six million dollars a year. And um, I think he wants to sell it. Well, gonna... You should refer him to me because to the degree that I can, because I'm a realtor and realtors do not give referral fees. Mm -hmm. But um, to the degree that I can, I will make sure that you love making referrals to me. Oh, for sure. Okay, and I and wasn't for that. I was, just, I, I was just thinking. I want you to know that. These that. are, yeah, for yeah, sure. I want you to be blessed for blessing me. I mean, I don't want you to just bless me and get nothing in return. That, yeah. That's not cool. 
<laughs> yeah. Can, okay, help, help me out here, right? So let's just say, because there's a large majority of people that they don't, they're not doing $100,000 a month or they have a $4,000 business. If someone has a t-shirt brand. They mm-hmm. have an apparel line. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say they're, they're making, you know, five six thousand $6,000 a month. Let's mm-hmm. just say that the goal is, let's say $100,000 a year. Let's say that their mark is $8,333.34 every single month. Profit or sales? Sales. Okay. Okay. I'm right with that. But let's say the profit is, I don't know, $2,500. Is that a business that you touch? Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. Every client that reaches me or is referred to me always gets treated as though they're selling a $25 million business. I may not always be able to help them, but we at least get the high-dignity conversation that they deserve. And even if I do not end up being their solution, I leave them with solutions. So for businesses that I cannot or choose not to take on, what I do is I have a self-serve kit Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's not worth it to them to pay me my minimum commission, which is $20,000, to sell an $80,000 business. Mm -hmm. And I tell them that. And it's like, I don't want to take your money. I want you to wave at me when you see me at the grocery store, you know? (laughs) I don't want you to cuss me and go the other way. And so I always help them. And I always provide direction and, and give them the help that they need to get to the next level. Sometimes the answer is... Why don't you turn the 8333 into 16666 and then let's get, let's talk about getting you more money. I know what you're thinking. How the heck do you make money from a podcast? Is David just doing this podcast because he likes it or there's a heavily monetized strategy attached to it? Well, it's both. I really love talking and interviewing people and getting free game from really successful people. But also, um, this is a seven-figure podcast. I'm telling you right now, there's so much money in podcasting and we're early in the space. I really feel like it's 2009 and I'm telling you to buy Bitcoin. I'm right now telling you to start podcasting because in five, 10 years, it's skyrocketing. Those are the names that are going to be the ones who have the voices in our world, the ones that start a podcast right now, okay? So I put together everything I know about podcasting in an easily digestible program, okay? So go to podcastersblueprint.com and you know I got to give you all some love, okay? Enter code SOCIALPROOF. I'm taking 20% off so you can get your voice heard, all right? So this podcast that you're loving and enjoying, there's other people that's going to love and enjoy yours too, okay? Podcastersblueprint.com. Let's get back to the episode. So a good mark for selling a business Mm -hmm. is what number? What's like the minimum number that you would say, I need to aim toward to get a nice little valuation on my business? Um, Okay. So the business needs to be profitable. It needs to make the buyer's life better. Mm -hmm. So if the buyer is going to spend a hundred thousand dollars to buy a business that's going to pay him fifty thousand dollars and he's going to be paying for it for seven to ten years it's not a good deal for the buyer because he already has a job and he didn't have to put any money down yeah yeah. you know just go down to what's that it's a guy who's always working at the post office you know he can can go robert townsend you know he can go robert townsend he can go to the post office and get that and so what i do is i try to talk through with sellers what's a good deal for the buyer? Is he getting some equipment? Is he getting some real estate? Is he getting some extra know-how? 
Is he getting an introduction into business that's going to change his life? Does he have an opportunity to scale this into something big? If the answer is no, 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 then I counsel the person, hey, you've got something wonderful. And if you like doing it, I would keep doing it. If you want to sell it, we're going to need to talk about how to scale it. And if they want to scale it, I help them to the degree that I can or have the time to, or I refer them to the many people that you and I know that are fantastic at scaling businesses. Do you have like clients that have like come to you multiple times to sell their business? Like they build something, sell it, come back, say, hey, I'm back. You got another one? Yes. I sold a business for a guy uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I'm not smiling because the pandemic makes me smile, by the way. I'm thinking of what happened is the business was a $2 million restaurant. And I used to do a lot of restaurants. I don't do a ton of them now. Um, Why not? It's complicated. It's does the business make the buyer's life better? It's always the question. And a lot of restaurants, that's not the case. So it's not that I'm not doing restaurants. Mm-hmm. I'm not finding as many of restaurants out there that make the buyer's life better. They can't, they're having trouble with employees. They're having trouble getting food coming in. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's a hard thing for a brand new business to manage. And banks are not loving them right now. So I'm just not selling a lot right now. Gotcha. But this one, the, this one was a buffet. Mm-hmm. And the guy sold it, $2 million. And the day that the business went under contract. The buyer promised to buy and put his deposit down. The governor came out in Kansas and said, tomorrow, buffets are illegal. Because, you know, it's the beginning of the pandemic. And so I thought that I was the only business owner in America with that level of head injury. The buyer (laughs) said, I still want to do it. I don't know. Probably because they knew it wasn't going to last forever. That's right. They did. They did. They did, were, did the buyer try to renegotiate with that new information? They did not. They went I would have. Forward. They did, you know? His, and he'd have probably sold it for a little less. He probably would have. But you know what? Divine in- intervention. The buyer did the right thing. God smiled on him. <laughs> the buyer had to put $140,000 down. Mm-hmm. The SBA decided the deals that started closing in the month that that closed, with they, they would pay, not forgive, but they would pay their first six months of payments. For this business, that was $11,000 plus a month. Mm. The SBA also gave this business a $99,000 PPP loan, which it later forgave. So that mm. guy got 66 grand plus 99 grand, which smells an awful lot like $165,000 when he put down $140,000. So basically they paid him to take this incredibly profitable business. Buffets reopened. The place packed out. They did delivery and pickup during the pandemic. Wow. And never, ever missed a beat. And never laid off one employee. I get excited about being able to be a part of that kind of story. I know we talk about the commissions. I promise you, the things that make me cry happy tears in this business is not the gigantic commissions. I already know I'm going to make money. you You can bar me from business brokering and I can sell. I will be fine. Yeah. The stuff that I get to see and watch people's lives change, sell their business and see their grandkids, uh, sell their business and pay for a very important um, medical treatment or for uh, an aging parent and to see that joy. And that's 
What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on social proof podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket and in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal that there's nothing like it and i'm we are creating it out of Almost nothing, because most of these people would wind their businesses down, not sell them, and end up never getting a thing for it. Mm. Is it like real estate, too, where you have a buyer's agent and a seller's agent? Yes, sometimes. Mm. So it depends on the state, um, but not always. Yeah. So you can be a transactional agent. 
which means that, so for the business, I'm the broker. Let's say I'm the broker for the business and I find a buyer. So I, I am the seller's agent for the business and I list as real estate. And so when I list as real estate, I'm the transactional agent, which means that buyer, I keep your secrets. Seller, I keep your secrets. All we're doing is I'm showing you, I'm pointing to where you sign on the paper. This is very highly generalized. I'm pointing to where you sign on the papers. Enjoy. Gotcha. For the real estate piece. And then for the business piece, I still represent, you know, my fiduciary responsibility is to the seller. Mm. But at the end of the day, everybody's getting their problem solved. Nobody's upset. Um, 70% of the businesses that I sell don't have real estate attached to them. So they're leasing their space or whatever. So it, it doesn't come up very often. But when it does, we just take care of it because it's it's what's needed. Goodness and, gracious. Yeah. What businesses are, because I know you said uh, restaurants, you're not doing a ton of those nowadays. But what businesses are selling really well right now? Or like, what is the thing everybody wants? Anything, um, anything, I can't even use the word white collar anymore because there's no such thing as that all honestly, between dressed down every day. and So, but anything business, you know, law firms are hotter than a $2 pistol. Really? Go figure, yes. And in Arizona, you don't even need to be a lawyer to own a law firm. So when I get some free time, when I, as Myron likes to say, redeem my time, I am going to get some Arizona listings and I'm going to sell the smart people in my life, law firms in Arizona. So the smart people in my life will be getting phone calls about some of my Arizona listings because any... Any financially strong and stable business person should have lawyers at their disposal that do exactly what they tell them to do. Yeah. And it's your firm. And so I, I'm going to get some of those listings. Oh. You don't need to be a lawyer to own the firm, but the lawyers in the firm can work for you. But Arizona is the only state that that's the case now. So I can own a law firm. Mm -hmm. That's probably making money. Uh, I can yeah, buy if you get it, it from me, it's definitely making money. <laughs> and it's like free legal counsel. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Free legal counsel, plus because of the, the high level of business that you operate on, you can probably bring additional business to that firm without even trying. How much do you get a law firm for? Well, let's talk about that. You can get a law firm for the correct multiple of what it sells for. But if you buy a law firm that is has, you know, five, six hundred thousand dollars of profit and it's in a field that you like, you know, their specialties in a field that you like, and of course it's in Arizona at this point. Um, think of what the selling price is. Can I get five percent of that? In my hands. Mm -hmm. So if it's a $2 million law firm, you got a crispy, crunchy $100,000 bill, me and you are going to get you a law firm. Excuse me, you and I are going to go get you a law firm. I don't really know how to run a law firm. You don't need to. You know how to lead people. That's what you do. That's why you get people like me to wake up earlier than they want to wake up to learn things about how to be excellent. Because that's what leaders do. And there are some lawyers somewhere in Arizona looking for some great leaders. Okay, exp explain this. Walk this through me. I, I, don't, I don't know mm -hmm. the first thing about a law firm. However, I would come in and uh, say, hey, y'all, I'm your new leader. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we're going to change the name to Shands and Associates. Well, sure, why not? Right? Why not? It's a great, sounds very law firmish. And the, right, right, right. Shands and Associates. I like that. I don't even know. Who, who, you'll be the associate? You'll be the associate, Joe? 
the lawyers that work there will be your associates no, too. Maybe okay. associate, you know, your associate. All right, cool. I've been paralegal. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I would come in day one and do what? You would come in. You know what leaders do? So you told me you went to church tonight. Do you mind me disclosing that? No, please. Okay. You told me you went to church tonight. So that means you worship. So let's take um, my favorite example, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus started with 12 volunteers, 13, threw one back, right? So he didn't. He let him leave. That's what he did. But 12 volunteers and grew it into the largest organization that the world has ever seen. Okay. You know how he did that? Oh. He told them about his vision for the future. Because you are now a member of Shans and Associates, your future will look this great. Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And by the way, there's probably a mansion in it for you down the road. Right? Those two things, a promise of future value right? Delivered from somebody that is trustworthy, people will stand up and march for that. People are missing that. People will stand up and march for awful folks who promise future value. Imagine when wonderful people like yourself promise future value. You can literally change the world. I'm sorry, I'm getting wound up. <gasps> because I, I have some sort of knowledge of um, branding and marketing and I can grow the law firm. You can. I just got to find, I just got to understand who needs the business that, I, who needs the attorneys, what type of attorneys we're going for. And then we just started making it cool. Exactly. Because lawyers are good at lawyering. They went to school all those years to learn the law and how to argue right. and write briefs, right? Here's what you know how to do. You know how to make the thing do the thing, which is you make, you know how to make clients and customers materialize. So when you show up, they're going to go, He's here. Quinn the Eskimo is here. Everybody's going to jump for joy. I'm paraphrasing from a song. So, <laughs> so that's, what you, that's what leaders do. They show up and say, hey, you guys have some really good things going. I'm going to help you put them together so that we can turn this into the most amazing thing together. Mm. I, was, I don't know if this is a book or if, I, I was watching something with uh, John Maxwell, and I think it was a speech or something like that. And he said... Anytime someone like uh, acquires a business, mm -hmm. one of the first things they come and do is fire the CEO. He said the first thing people do when they, they, they buy a business, they come and fire the CEO. Because if the CEO was doing their job, mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't be here coming to save the business. In a turnaround, yes. Mm -hmm. But remember... In most businesses, all businesses, it's the job of the CEO to bring the most value to the shareholders. Mm. And sometimes bringing the most value to the shareholders only happens through a sale. It is planned from the day the business is born. And mm. so that would be true, especially John Maxwell. You know, I started listening and reading and learning about John Maxwell in the 90s. And so... Uh, hostile takeovers, John didn't do hostile takeovers, but hostile takeovers were a thing. It was very popular. And so whenever you heard about a deal, usually the seller was going, kicking, and screaming. They didn't want to be bought. Explain the hostile takeover. What the, what well, hostile that? takeover is when an entity with large pockets, hedge fund, a billionaire, starts showing up and on the sly starts gobbling up shares of a publicly traded company or sometimes oh. private. And the publicly traded company doesn't want 
to be bought. And so over the years, they put rules in place where you have to disclose when that's happening now a little more, but it still happens. And so you can literally control a company. You don't need 51%. You can control a company with 5%. If the company's giant and you're the largest shareholder, then you have sway. Oh, so that's if what, I have five percent, mm-hmm. but the other ninety-five percent is spread out between so many people. That's right, and you're a leader. I can control, and I know how to lead people. Yes, and get people to say, "David, you're right." Exactly, and a lot of times these guys do it by playing with the heartstrings of the shareholders. They come in and go, "Hey, why is that CEO? I think good CEO pays forty times the lowest lowest level worker or the mid-level worker. This CEO is 560 times lowest level worker and he's not growing the business that much. Hmm, is that okay by you? Because you sow seeds of doubt by asking questions. Are we really all right with that? Mm. And then he sits back and he goes and buys up a few more shares and now he's got 6%. And then he mentions it again and they call those activist investors. And before you know it, the crowd... In absence, in the absence of good leadership, starts listening to the activist investor. But if the leader is doing a great job, a hostile takeover cannot happen. You are right. Mm. But there are times when a pleasant and collaborative takeover happens and the leader is doing his job, which is to get the highest return for the shareholders. And he will go find a great buyer and he may want to stay, he may not want to stay. But usually in these my level of business, they're leaving. They're staying no longer than six months. They're leaving. I am seeing business in a totally different light right now. You know what? That is about the nicest compliment somebody can pay me professionally. And not that I am the cause of it. You're just a deep thinker, and so you're extracting your own ideas. But I'm glad I can be here to participate in it. This is wild, bro. It's it's fun, isn't it? It's it's like a... And we're only talking about everything from this vantage point, mostly of a seller. These the same when a miracle in business transaction happens, it's happening for the buyer and the seller. I bet. And so helping people enter a business for the first time and buy a good one. Oh man, that's exciting. Give me give me a scenario where a buyer, other than well, that was a really good one with the buffet. Give me another scenario where the buyer just they just got a deal. Hundred percent. So when I was brand new. I started calling client, like cold calling. Hey, I saw your business for sale. You're selling it yourself. Could I come in and talk to you about it? So I saw a business listed. It was a, it was a landscaping business listed on Craigslist. And it was listed for $225,000. Mm. I know. So I called the guy and I said, hey, I noticed your business for sale. I want to tell you right up front, I'm a business broker. But could I come down and sit down and have a conversation with you about selling your business quickly and getting you the highest possible price? Well, who's going to say no to that? So he says, yes, and I go and I see him. And I say, you know, you're selling your business for $225. It's probably worth about $450 from my estimates. If I can get you $450, would you let me list it and bring you a buyer quickly so that I can get you onto what you want to do next? He said, that sounds great. I'd be delighted to get $275. Wow. Of course, they always say that. So I brought a buyer. And he didn't a buyer. get beer muscles, did he? He, he did. Oh, he that's did. what he did. He did, he okay. did. But it still worked out. He got beer muscle. But the, so I won't talk about that part of it. I'll talk about the buyer. Mm-hmm. The buyer came in and paid the 450 And the buyer was as happy as a lark. How much was the business making? The business was making about $89,000 a year. But here's the thing. And here's he got $450,000. Did he get all the equipment? Um, yeah, he got the equipment. 
They got the equipment. You see, God knows, God knows how many, right? How many, how, what's the only, any, any, any fool can count the number of apples on an apple tree, but only God can count the number of, uh, the number of apple trees in the apple seeds or something like that, mm -hmm. right? So, but sometimes when God knows these things about what can be awesome in the future, he tells us. And sometimes we act and sometimes we do nothing. Sometimes we make excuses. This buyer acted. So this buyer showed up and he says, yeah, I know what the business is. Yeah, okay, fine. Oh, by the way, I saw that on Craigslist cheaper before, but I'm gonna still pay your price. <laughs> so buyer paid the price and the buyer has a gift. He can talk. And you know, in the beginning was the word. And so to be in possession of God's greatest gift, which is his mouth, that buyer immediately got busy and went out and he landed the Department of Defense in that area and picked up the Air Force Base. And then he landed Amazon who just opened up a new plant. And so he went big. And so literally inside of four months, he had contracts that quadrupled the existing sales of that business before it was even warm enough to start doing the work. Goodness gracious. And so now that buyer called me and said, hey, Mark, what if, what if I want to sell this? Um, and we had the conversation about how much do we think he'd get. And, you know, right now, if we take it to the market, but he wants to take it one level higher, which is fine. But if we took it to market now, the business he paid for $54, we would be able to get $2.6 million for it. Mm. And it would get scarfed up. It would sell faster than the $450 business did. Because it's more profit. And people like more profit. Profit sells easy. Oh, my Step goodness. right up, folks. Get your bag of money. <laughs> easy to sell that, right? <laughs> it's, the not, it's the low profits and no profit that's hard to sell. So, yeah, it's... It's so much fun. And it's so much fun seeing people's lives change and so much fun being able to help them. And, you know, I will be help. Like I'll do a challenge that we call the find fund flip challenge mm -hmm. and the find fund flip challenge. We're going to talk to a lot of sellers. We're going to talk to a lot of people getting into business for the first time. And we're going to talk. Oh, to so people. you're going to start teaching people how to do what you do. I, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I'm going to start teaching them in groups now because right. I do it every day. But yes, I'm so I'll be doing I will be doing a find fun flip challenge on a consistent and regular basis. And so find fun flip is a real location where people can go and and come and learn how to find, fund, or flip. And so there's a lot of people out there teaching this, so it's nothing new. But they're not teaching what I know. Mm. The people that are out there are teaching what they know. And I sell businesses to a lot of their students. Like, there's a guy out there that I love because he creates so much buyer traffic for me, and he does a good job, and his buyers are well-educated, uh, Roland Frazier. I don't know him personally, but I love the people that he sends to me. They're well-informed. They know what they're doing. And so when Somebody they Somebody just randomly sends you... No, no, he teaches them, and then they find me. Oh. Because he tells them, hey, go find a broker that's not lazy and that's willing to work with you and that, that enjoys creativity. Well, not a whole lot of them out there. Is that right? Yeah, it's a closed group. They and, sit, but, but they wait for the phone to ring, and they sell the business when the phone rings. And your challenge, you're not teaching people how to buy a, a business, but you're teaching them how to be a broker so you can get these big commissions or what? Yes. I'm teaching them how to find a business if that's what they want to do. I'm teaching them how to fund a business, which is get the loan because get the money and, and anybody can do it. Anybody, anybody with one of these can do it, right? That's right. my pulse. I hope I'm probably touching the wrong spot. <laughs> so um, 
So I teach them how to find it, how to fund it, and how to flip, which means how to exit. And so what happens while I'm teaching people that, or every time I sell a business, people go, you know what? I'd like to do what you do. Mm. Because that's what happened to me. I sold my business. I looked at the broker and I said, I'd like to do what you do. Because I realized that the second biggest check at the table was his. And at the time, that was... And you did work for a broker before. I did. I went to work for a broker who was a wonderful man, fair, honest, hardworking, and he had 14 brokers that worked for him, and they were all fine people. But He was a broker and had 14 brokers that worked for him, mm-hmm. meaning 14 U's, yep, 14 yep. marks. Yeah, and so every time I would, if I go out and I get a $100,000 sale, I turn around and say, hey, thank you for allowing me to use your address and your business card. Here's a crispy, crunchy $50,000 bill, right? Because 50% of what I get. He and- gets, the broker gets 50%. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And here's the funny thing about this. He is a nice guy, but there's a level of complacency in the industry. So when I started, I was gung-ho. I'm like, let's go. And I went and I said, hey, I got my first, first appointment and the guy wants to sell his car wash. And he said, oh, great, I'll go. With-. I, said, I said, would you go with me? Because I didn't know what to do. Mm. Like, that's how you, just, John Wayne, throw him in the water, learn how to swim yeah. while you're in there. So he said, okay, I'll go with you. So I said, okay, you going with me? And he says, oh, wait, what time's the appointment? I said, four. I said, oh, that appointment's in Blue Springs. That's rush hour. That's, that's 45 minutes. Yeah. Why don't you just go and call me if you have any problems? And so I realized right then that if it's to be, it's up to me. I'm not asking these people anymore. I'm going to get really proficient. I'm going to not feel bad when it is time for me to go. And um, so when it was time for me to go, I said, hey, I love you. I think you are fantastic. But I'm not using your wonderful conference rooms. I'm not using your office. And I don't want to surprise you with this. So I will be leaving and starting on my own. Is there anything you would like me to not do? He said, I would like you to not solicit business in Kansas or Missouri. I said, I won't. But if business finds me and refers me, are you comfortable with me selling? And he said, oh, absolutely. So he's a good guy. And so it worked out. But that first interaction told me that, look, man, Jesus gave you what you need. Stop going to people and asking them to pile extra goodies on top of what Jesus gave you because all it does is covers up the things Jesus gave me, which was already the best. And so Jesus gave me a mouth and he gave me a mind that understands, you know, business. And he gave me some background. I can read a P&L and look at the tax return. I got everything that I need. Mm. The answer to every question on the test is already in my possession. Thank you, Lord. And so I'm doing that. And when I get to talk to these people in the Find Fun Flip Challenge, I'm telling them the same thing. Aside from business brokerages industry, do you know they teach us to call lenders loan officers? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. They put that fake level of authority in there so that they're going, please, Mr. Loan Officer, would you let me borrow some of me and my neighbor's money so I can go buy this business? (laughs) He's not a loan officer. He's a lender. And he works for you and he's delivering a service to you, which you will pay him for. And he's not a loan officer. But that mental conditioning gets stacked and stacked and stacked. And people can't ever get started in business because there's nobody there to tell them. It's all an illusion. We can help you with this. It'll be easy. There's nobody out there telling them that. Everybody's saying, yep, it is hard. It's very hard. And you'll be lucky to get one if you can even get the loan. I'm not doing that. I'm encouraging people who have their dream. And I say, I see your dream with you. Let's go get that thing. And so the Find Fun Flip Challenge is going to help people do that. And yes, I will end up with clients who come to me specific. I'm already 
Pat committed to teach 11 people how to be business brokers next year. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I won't be able to teach probably any more than 40. But what? Send them off to buy a franchise for $200,000? Yeah, yeah, you said right. something really dope earlier. And the way you framed it, you called communication. You said um, you were in possession of God's greatest gift. A hundred percent. I like the way you framed that. I I I believe that um I believe I possessed, I possess um an ability to communicate. You do. You do. Which is... I watch your podcast, and I love it because of that, by the way. So, you believe that's God's greatest gift for humans? I certainly do. Being Absolutely. able to communicate. Absolutely. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me ask you this. And I'll, and, and I'll have to cut... Uh, what was the first awesome thing you did when you had the ability to do what money can do for people? Like, so just anything you want to share. What's the first awesome thing? You're like, okay, now I have power. I am more powerful than I've ever been financially. What were some of the first things you did? Name two or three things you did. I told my wife, we can go somewhere, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter where. Mm. Okay. I thought that was You something. know what I love? I love that. Because you know what that you just told me? You just told me how much you love your wife. Yeah. So you had an opportunity to say one thing that you did when you had an incredible amount of power at your disposal. And so you told me about something that is very important to you. So the very first words in the Bible are, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And then the earth was, a, and so by verse two, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the very next thing he says is, God said, let there be light. And so literally, our ability to create light out of darkness starts in our mouth. And everybody has it because we're made in his image. And so it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter that I'm not great with math and computers like my brother Derek. And it doesn't matter that I'm not as skillful with the spoken word as my brother Myron. It doesn't matter that I am not as incredible at sales as my brother Jeff. But what does matter is the same guy that equipped everybody with their things, equipped all of us with our mouth and our ability to talk and to speak light where darkness once was. And if I have that and I only use it for me, shame on me. So now I get a chance to tell other people who have the same skill. I know I have had so many salespeople work for me over the years as a sales manager that say, oh, God, if I could only use my skills to make some real money. Mm. And then they go sign up to be in somebody's downline. I hope I'm not offending anybody, mm. you know, or they go sign up to be at the lowest end of some insurance, bazillionaire insurance company's totem pole. And, you know, they're making 400 to $800 commission checks. And I'm not knocking that as honorable work, but you have the highest skill in the world. You're the LeBron James of what you do. You are not going to go out and sell that short day in and day out. If you know me, at least I'm going to say something. I'm going to tell you about it. Sorry. Mm. So the first thing you told me about you, when you identified you were powerful as you love your wife, first thing God told us about him and his power is that he was going to use the power of his spoken word. And he gave us that. Mm. I get excited. I don't mean to preach at you, man. And I'm so yeah. sorry. I am so sorry. Possession. Yes. God's greatest. I am preaching and I did not mean to preach. Man. Uh, 
Goodness gracious. This was dope, man. I absolutely have the best time. I look, man, two things happened here. Awesome. <laughs> I can talk to somebody who understands business at a very high level about what I do. And you said you liked it. So I'm honored and complimented by this that. This is lit. And here's the thing. I can't even say that I understand business at a high level. You do. You, <laughs> you're definitely in possession of communicate like a good communicator. You like you broke it down to me. Joe, do you have a question? I got. I, I want to ask you in terms of building, selling, acquiring a bit. Do you got any questions? I asked a question before you got here. Who were talking before you got what here? What was the question? Um, I want to know what he did. He told me what he did. Closer to the way. <clears throat> he told me exactly what he did. And I've never, like you said, I've never heard of somebody like who's like a broker for businesses. Mm -hmm. So what if there's like a business that it doesn't make a lot of money, mm -hmm. but the model makes sense and it just needs the right person behind it? 100. That is one of my favorite things to do. Because really, what you're doing is you're plugging Ray Kroc, although you're plugging Ray Kroc into the McDonald's brothers. And the McDonald's brothers made some money, so I'm not going to say that. But Ray Kroc grew it exponentially. 54-year-old mm -hmm. milkshake salesman shows up at these guys and turns their $1 million business into the 30000 store chain that we see today. And so when that business exists... And I get to bring the Ray Kroc to the equation and introduce him. The Ray Kroc's not going to fuss with me about the price. So the seller is happy. The seller gets to see their dream taken to a level that they couldn't take it possibly. So they're happy. And the marketplace benefits because people put the best of what they had together. Mm. So Jobs met Wozniak and voila, we have Apple. This is, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. I get so excited about it. And, and, I'm passionate about it because, as you know, my father passed recently, and my father was a plumbing and heating guy for years, and he closed his business. He just kind of worked and worked a little less every year and a little less every year and a little less every year. But there was a peak that that business was sellable, and there was nobody to start this conversation. Mm. And so every time I meet these people, you know, like we said, I talked earlier, uh, 10,000 people turning 65 every day for the last 11 years straight. And I see these people turning 65 with this business that they've built, mentally thinking they're going to close it, getting encouraged by Uncle Sam with the, the Uncle Sam is, is bribing them to keep working until they can't anymore. Hey, if you retire at 62, you'll get $2,000 a month. But if you work till you're 70, you'll get $2,600 a month. And so they con them into continuing to work and work until there's nothing left of their business or their body. Mm. And they bought the lie because the government encouraged them to continue being wage slaves. Mm. And so for me to be able to show up on the scene and say, man, let's turn that thing into a pile of cash, get you off to visit those grandchildren, maybe start a phase two of your life. How about it? Who's with me? Right? And the wife says, he better be with you or he's got a frying pan <laughs> coming to the side of his head. Sure. And so I get excited about that. That's yeah. bringing value to people's lives that transcends money, man. How do you feel about franchises? Um, do you recommend people buy franchises? No, I don't. I'm not against it, and I would never try to talk somebody out of it who's set on doing it. But everything that you need to make it on the journey, you already have. Mm. 
So I owned franchises. I owned three pizza shops and, or, and two shoe stores. Really? I did. Pizza shops were profitable. The shoe stores were not. But let me tell you, when I opened bought my first shoe store, I was spent so much money opening it that I had to go buy an existing one just to not be bleeding money while oh, wow. it was being built. They made me use their um, sign guy their contractor, their architect. And before I ever turned a key in that door, I was out $250,000 overpaying for their kickback system. And so I get a little jacked up about that. And so, no, I do not encourage people to to buy franchises. You know, franchises will line up around the block to have me help them sell franchises. I don't want that business because if I talk to a willing entrepreneur, man, I'm going to say, look, they want you to run with a leash I want you to run without a leash. Which one sounds like the most fun? If they say the leash, then they should not be talking to me anyways. We're the wrong fit. Mm. <laughs> you know? So, no. And, and I, McDonald's, I'm sorry. Subway, I'm sorry. I love all your stories. But at the end of the day, this is a new day. And the people that I want to work with are the people that long to be free. And if I can help people get free, then I have, I have done what I was put here to do. I love it. Listen, man, I got I to gotta pay some bills real quick. I yes. Gotta, commercial. Okay, go for it. Joe. So if there's a business that it's a profitable business, right? Mm-hmm. And someone they want to sell it, but they still want to have equity in the business. Right. Is that possible? So like, you know, there's like a whatever, a healthcare business and it's doing well. They want to get rid of it because they just like you said, they're right. getting old in age, but they still want equity in it. That can is that possible for the equity then to get equity in the business and that equity be passed down to like their children or their grandchildren or something like 100%. that? One hundred percent. So like I only want to sell 90% of my business instead of 100% of it. Right, right. That is absolutely doable. Now, that every now and then, the SBA might weigh in and limit how much of that the previous seller gets to keep because they don't want the seller making the business run bad by creating conflict. So mm-hmm. they will limit how much you're allowed to stay in the business, but it is most certainly doable. And all loans are not SBA loans. So let's let's not even, I don't want to make, I don't want to paint that picture. Most of them are. So yes, and that is a great idea when you can keep some ownership. Also, the other way that people participate in ownership, since I will be training business brokers, is when you're the broker, you get an opportunity to participate in every deal you see. I just peel off a little piece of my commission to help the buyer, and I can. I'm the part owner instantly, and so that is really. You have some businesses like that. I I get offered that all the time. I routinely turn them down. I see. I see if they can pass the keep your mouth shut test. Mm -hmm. If they cannot, then I don't do it because if it gets out. The people that I did it for one person and say, well, so-and-so was an XYZ business and you did it for him. So when I do it for a business, I'm okay with people knowing that I do it, but I'm not okay with with people knowing which businesses I do it for. That makes sense. And so, uh, and also I run into people that try to give me their businesses. Really? Yeah, Mark, I know it's not that profitable. I'm only making 70 grand. If you take it, I'd be happy. You just want to send me a little check every month. In the event that Mm -hmm. somebody wants to give you their business, Mm -hmm. Call you? Call your boy. I will do that. I will do you, do that. The last one was a was a scrapyard in the middle of freezing cold Kansas. But, um, and it was profitable. It was making money. And, you know, it's funny. The price of metal was way down then, and now it's way up. So the person, if if I would have taken that, I'd have a whole lot of that on my hands. But, you know, I... I my, stra- my scrapyard game is not that strong. Yeah, <laughs> I would need something yeah. sexy. Like yeah, yeah, my scrap- A movie you- theater. Yeah, like but that. the 3030s are where the money is. And, you know, you the, the, they call it the 3030s. You know, it's like garbage companies, um, plumbing businesses, um, porta potties. Mm. They call them the 3030s. They make lots of money. 
And um, there's lots of tax benefits. And so people do like them. I get calls all the time for those. Mm. Listen, man, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do a quick commercial for Take your time. This do what you business. must. But I'm going to have you, like, close us out with something strong. Because this is, like, this is changing my whole mindset. And uh, you're officially my mentor, so congratulations. Bless you and your ministry. Uh, <laughs> so this episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com. It's the only organization that gathers every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurs. Let me tell you about The Morning Meetup, okay? So it's an organization um, where... We'll have a, it's for entrepreneurs, right? That want to grow aspiring entrepreneurs, current entrepreneurs, people from all across the country, right? We'll have a theme for the month. And with that theme for the month, every single day, Monday through Friday, we'll have a, a themed call where we're attacking the topic that kind of fits into the theme of the month. Like this month, what's, what's the theme for this month? Um, entrepreneurs should be uh, happy and healthy. Oh, okay. So we're kind of... Obviously, taking a month to think through um, kind of like mental health. Right. Being happy. Yes. Physically and mentally. And every day, we just attack a different topic, right? Oh, so, so um, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single day. And we have probably the largest black book club in the country, if not the largest, black, largest book club, period, in the country. Because what we do is we take a book. And every day we read a chapter, and then the next morning we talk about the chapter that we read Whew. every single day. And we, like, have a discussion for, like, 45 minutes about that, and then we get into the call. So, yeah, man. Um, I love that. That yes. got my juices going right there. Absolutely. That gets me excited. And we literally have over 500 people on our call every single morning. So it's a dollar trial. We allow people right. to come in for a dollar, taste test it. If they like it, they stay. Um, if they don't like it, they can leave. It's $79 a month. I know what you're thinking. This is not the hypothetical business that I was asking you about earlier. <laughs> oh, no, no. I would never think that for a moment. $79. I was actually thinking, I can't wait to get a hold of that. I, I, am, I will be your newest member before I close my eyes tonight. It's amazing, though. I'm so excited. You're going to see, it. you're going to like jump, because what you think, especially at $79 a month, you're like, yo, there's no possible way there has to be recordings. Maybe David gives a message, a pre-recorded message and plays it. No, I'm on that joint every morning and we talk and we engage and it's just amazing. So go to themorningmeetup.com uh, and start your trial. I love and it. And I'm going to own it. When, you, when you're on there, okay, I'll still be the owner, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to let Mark let me sell it. Oh, uh, never that. No way. He said, he said day anyways. $12 million, all right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that choice lit. Oh, last, last question. Okay. So how do you handle a business that is based around a person? So, for instance, I have a podcast, right? This is my right. podcast. And... It's a it's a pretty cool podcast. It's a, a profitable podcast. I can't sell a podcast though because I'm the host. And mm. no, but you did give the theme of like the Jay Leno thing. I think that was before we were on air, maybe. But yes, we call that the dancing elephant. Okay. And they call that I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but when the Sounds elephant stops dancing, people stop throwing the money. Like, that's in theory, but it's really not that in your case because it has been done for us many times. Watch this. You ready? Yes. Ready? What's your name? Bond. James Bond. What can you tell me about that that's similar to your podcast? 
that there's been mad James Bonds? Yes. Roger Moore, Sean Connery, Pierce Bronson, God only knows who else, right? We right. just keep going and going and going. There'll be more, you know. And so James Bond is the franchise. It is a system. And here's what I know about you from listening to and seeing your work. You believe in systems. Yes. And so you are an uber-talented person. And we talked about, so the Tonight Show, the first host was a guy named Steve Allen. Nobody clearly our age on down has ever heard of him. Um, I'm just a little bit of a dork, right? <laughs> After Steve Allen was Johnny Carson. After Johnny Carson was Jay Leno, right? And so each time... Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I came in with Jay Leno. Yeah, exactly. See? And, and here's the thing. The, the viewing and the ratings got better each time. So somebody could really sit in his seat and they could get better ratings than me. Yes. Yep. Might be me. Joe, you trying to take my spot, Joe. Hey, and Joe, will, trying to take my it, spot. It will be emotional when it's that time. <laughs> the, 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 tears will fall, but they'll be happy tears because you'll be, you'll play an important role of picking who that person is just by virtue of who you sell the business to. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but you know what? How about this? How about now that we know that, what if you do exactly what Johnny Carson did? You know what Johnny Carson did? He'd doing? come and have Joan Rivers do a guest host then he'd have David Letterman go do a guest host. He had the he had the most talented people in the world fighting over who's going to have that opportunity, right? And then when it's time for him to exit, they put a replacement in that he's happy with, and people fought for it. You could do that in the form of a sale, and we could really that now we might have just we might even crank that twelve million up. Oh my gosh! I just had an epiphany that I can't talk about on this podcast. Well, you know what? The mics will be down, and we'll we we we, we will we will we can make it happen because you know the people that we know, right? We most people that are in the coaching space and the speaking space, they all know they can do anything, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So now it's just a matter of helping them find the money. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. So I love doing this right here, but my okay, I can't talk about it here. I'm going to build something intentionally that I can remove myself from and sell it. I'm going to do a whole nother situation, whether it's a podcast or something. I'm going to build something with the intention of selling it. Now that I know what people are looking for. May, may I mark Victor Hansen you? Please. Dave, can I plus your idea a little? Talk to me. I'm going to build everything intentionally so that I can replace myself when I sell it and sell it. You said something. I would just maybe consider replacing the word something with everything. Now try it. Just once for me, please. I'm uncomfortable though. Just try it. We won't tell anybody. It's just us. I'm going to build everything with the intention of selling it. Oh, but it hurts my heart. So for instance, mm -hmm. my morning meetup, mm -hmm. I... And I know you hear this a lot, but I truly do it because I love being on the call every morning. It's not, it's cool that I, I get to make some money, but to see like, like Marlon most recently, um, he's been on for, I don't know, maybe like six months, seven months. And he just recently put in his two weeks, oh, he quit his job. Love that. And he saw some of the podcasts we do and just being in that in, in, environment and learning and growing. Right and started trusting himself, and he just put in his two weeks, and he's absolutely crushing it. I, I love it. Love that. 
right? Shouts out to Bryn Drescher. Like, she's she's definitely going to be the next one that does something absolutely amazing because she hosts a book club, and she's growing as a person. And right. when you grow as a person, your pocketbook has to grow. It does. I've never seen it not. You just, you just answered your question, didn't you? Because the part of your assignment, and it might not be now, but the part of your assignment that you're supposed to be building right now, you're building right now. But your next assignment will require some changes because you see, Jesus could not be the, the, the savior until he stopped being the builder, right? <sighs> and, you know- Let's talk, it's spicy, Joe. And so that's just, well, it's just, it's just part of it. And so all of us, that's what we're doing is we're growing because that's the way the whole universe was created. It was created for growth and we're created in God's image. And so Jesus was a teacher in the temple, right? They called him a carpenter or a builder, right? And then he was a healer, right? He had to stop being a teacher in the temple, right? To be a teacher on the road. He had to stop being a teacher on the road to go be the healer. Oh, I got to stop teaching and go back and raise Lazarus from the dead. He had to stop being all that to go and become the Savior. And then he, he had to stop being in the grave to resurrect. Then he had to stop hanging with the peeps to ascend. And then he's going to have to stop chilling in heaven to come back and get us. And so mm-hmm. you are doing great things and every one of them are wonderful, but you know, they've been telling us since we were little that you can't take it. Yeah. You said it, you can't take it with you. And so since we know that, why don't we just do it intentionally and leave it in the very best hands possible? Because if you train the person that replaces you, then I know they're going to be great. Put me in, coach. I like it, coach. I like it. I like it. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to need that 20 bucks we talked about earlier. (laughs) Y'all golden boys are just genius. Golden boys, bro. Golden boys. Yo, you held down the golden name today, brother. You called me dope, man. You made me live up to it. I love that. This was wild, That made my day. I've never been called dope. I've I've never been called cool, I don't think. (laughs) You said, we got a dope guy. I said, oh, shoot, I better sharpen up my game. This, this, I'm, I'm really... This was a roller coaster ride for me. This interview, this last hour and some change, this was like, this, this, I'm, I'm, I'm awake. I feel like I was asleep on a, a, a large part of business. And now I really see the game. I can't even really focus on what you're saying right now because my head is somewhere else right now. It's, isn't it so much fun? Right. It is so much fun. Thanks, man. Uh, thank you. It, I've, I've had awesome. a delightful time. And thank you. I, this was so much fun. And you know what's really the coolest part, aside from the fun we're having, is I know between what you shared and what you allowed me to share that somebody got helped. If nobody ever comes to findfunflipchallenge.com, if nobody ever goes to mergerus.com, I know that we helped people today because we literally just Open the curtain and show them a different view of things outside the structure that will help them. 100%. Look, we got we got to wrap up. Listen, there will be a link in the bio. There will be a link in the description uh, where you can uh, click it, check out the challenge when it's coming out. Last question. Um, I like to make predictions on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years so I can watch this five to 10 years from now and say, yo, Mark said he was going to do that. Look, he did it. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I see myself as a 
full-time investor and owner of businesses that do not require my sweat. And that doesn't mean that I want to sit home and watch the Cubs play. It just means that the things that I am helping people do enter, accelerate, and exit businesses at a high level, at some point when I have, like I just said to you, when it is time for me to move to the next level, that next level for me is as an investor. And so, um, and using whatever resources I have to do God's work, because I always had the heart of a preacher, but not the character and behavior necessarily of a preacher. But there is work that I want to do for God with financial resources that, um, you know, he has placed me in a position to start doing. And so five years from now, I want to be an investor that is full tilt being used as a servant of God. I love it. All right, lastly, let everybody know how to find you, man, and just close us out with a word of wisdom. Absolutely. Um, Here's what I will tell you is if you have interest in finding funding or flipping or exiting a business, go to findfunflipchallenge.com and then come and hang out with us for a little while and learn how to do those things. Uh, Merger US if you have a business that you want to sell. If I could leave you with one thing, one piece of wisdom, it would be this. God gave you everything you need to make the world a better place for you, your family, and your neighbors, and your community. If you are doing something that is keeping you from doing that, stop it. Even if that thing is your J-O-B. There it is. We can't close it out no better than that, man. Do yourself a favor, okay? Go to MergerUS.com. Listen to that. MergerUS.com, mm-hmm. okay? FindFunFlipChallenge.com, or just click the link below, and uh, we will make that thing happen, okay? Listen, do yourself a favor. Go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. Build it big. Build it strong. Build it solid. But then go back to your community and teach them how you built it. All right? We are out of here. Peace. David Shantz presents to you The Morning Meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shans himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com